I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, a bipartisan group of senators announced over the weekend that they've reached a framework on gun legislation. But as always, we've got to look past the headline, what's in it, what's likely to be in it, what are the specifics, and will it actually get passed? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, helping us uh, break it down and to think again about what is actually in this framework, Faith Abube, an award-winning investigative journalist and an ABC News correspondent based in Washington, D.C., who I know is running and gunning today uh, on a host of issues. Uh, Faith, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Of course. Happy to be with you. <laughs> All right. So we, we, we got the framework uh, laid out over the weekend. And again, I think the important uh, number is the there are 10 Republicans uh, that are signed on to this. That's very important part of the process. Tell us about who they are and uh, what we actually expect to see in this uh, coming out of this framework. Yeah. And, and so that is important because, of course, in order for the Democrats to do anything uh, in the Senate, they need at least 10 Republicans on board. So the fact that they even have 10 Republicans on this uh, tentative agreement is, is a great, a great thing for them. They at least have the bare minimum support they need going forward. And some of them include, of course, you have Bill Cassidy, who's a Republican from Louisiana. You have Susan Collins, who's a Republican from Maine. Uh, you have Lindsey Graham on there as well. You have um, other Republicans like Pat Toomey. Uh, you have, um, you know, just a whole bunch of people, including John Cornyn, who's from Texas. Of course, the Uvalde uh, shooting was part of this discussion. Uh, but this group, this bipartisan group, was formed after the Buffalo shooting. And this agreement that they've reached is a very big deal. And if it goes all the way to the finish line and passes, you know, it would be the most significant action Congress has taken on guns since the 1990s when they allowed the assault weapons ban to expire. However, this falls way short of what the Democrats wanted in the first place, way short of what President Biden wanted in the first place. Uh, he advocated for an assault weapons ban. He wanted to raise the age limit to buy an assault rifle uh, or the minimum age from 18 to 21. He wanted universal background check. None of those are in this proposal. What we do have, though, is, uh, you know, just a, a list of other proposals, a lot of them addressing mental health. So you have funding that will go towards mental health um, programs across the country, school safety funding. You have grants that will go to states 
to incentivize them to pass red flag laws, basically laws that will keep uh, guns out of the hands of people deemed dangerous uh, to themselves and to others. You have an enhanced review process for um, buying guns for people who are under the age of 21. And so they will now have a waiting period for the people who are selling them guns to actually review state and law enforcement records to make sure that they can sell these um, weapons to, to these you know, buyers under the age of 21. You also have a provision in there that would address the boyfriend loophole. Um, so this goes beyond just banning, gun, banning guns from the hands of people who've been convicted of domestic violence. Usually that those are husbands and wives. Now it covers other intimate partners, which is why it's called the boyfriend loophole. It would close be, uh, if this agreement goes through. Uh, and then there, there's also something in there that would address straw purchasing, which is, you know, if you are not allowed to buy a gun, I can't step in and buy it on your behalf and give it to you. So that would also be addressed. Uh, and so, again, this is only a tentative agreement. They still have a long way to go. They still have to craft the legislative text. And that's where we're going to see some dis disagreements going forward. And, of course, both sides are hoping they can overcome any disagreements that are coming and actually get a legislative text on the floor in the Senate to get that passed and sent it to the House as well. Yeah, I think that's it's interesting in looking at the, again, just the framework. We don't have legislative text yet, and that's the, the devil's in the details in, uh, in all of that as always, and what gets pushed and what's uh, really expensive and what's not, what gets passed to the states, I think are really interesting. I, I did find it uh, encouraging that, uh, of course, a lot of people just wanted to go to sh that straight, you know, can't purchase uh, if you're under 21. Uh, I think this this agreement, this compromise of saying, okay, uh, let's keep the age at 18, but for anyone under 21, they're going to have, you know, an, an extended wait period. They're going to have a time to review more, a little uh, deeper, enhanced review process. Does that give us any kind of hope in terms of how some of these other uh, issues might be navigated or come to a compromise as they get to the legislative language? You know, I think specifically when it comes to that part of the agreement, I think a lot of people are just like you. They are surprised that that's even something that wasn't in place in the beginning and, you know, right. to start with. Why weren't, weren't we checking the backgrounds of these 18 to 21-year-olds when they were trying to buy assault rifles? Uh, the, the fact is, you know, at, at 18 years old, you can't even buy a handgun. But because assault weapons came later, um, you know, they were not covered under that law. And so they can just go buy assault rifles. And this this agreement that they have right now would allow these gun sellers to actually go in and check these records. Previously, these well, right now, as it stands, a lot of these records are sealed. Uh, they are protected when you're a juvenile. And this agreement, if it is passed as legislation, would actually allow uh, them to be open to background checks when these would-be gun buyers who are under the age of 21 go and try to buy these weapons. Uh, whether this will make a significant impact um, is yet to be seen, but we do know the 18-year-old, the suspect in the Uvalde and, and, and Buffalo mass shootings, they used assault-style rifles. They were 18 years, years old. Uh, could this have prevented that? Uh, we would still have to review the details of whatever the legislative text is uh, in order to actually determine that. But uh, as you said, a lot of people think this is encouraging uh, in terms of this agreement. All right. Great insight. Uh, Faith Abube from ABC News, correspondent based in Washington, D.C. Faith, thanks for joining us on a busy day today. Thanks, Boyd. So I think there's so many interesting things uh, that we're looking at as we look at this framework. And again, 
be very careful. Uh, no spiking of the football uh, because this was just a framework that was laid out. Uh, we noted that there were 10 Republicans on board. Very interesting to note that four out of the 10 Republicans that are uh, signed on are retiring at the end of this uh, session. So uh, they're not worried about any retribution at the ballot box. Uh, so they're a little uh, freer to wheel and deal, I think, and uh, not being worried about a reelection campaign in front of them. Uh, so that's one interesting component, if that 10 can hold. Uh, the thing that I'm probably watching the closest is as this starts to move into specific legislative language, uh, does the coalition hold together? Will there be things that will just be uh, a bridge too far? And uh, I would note and go back to something we talked about last week, that there was this group of 21 Democrats in the House who wrote a letter to Nancy Pelosi as speaker and, and said, please don't put all of these into one big package. Let's break them down into small bite-sized pieces, because then we know on a lot of these issues, we can get real not token, we can get real bipartisan support. That's important for the, the conversation in the country. So on this one, I think there are some great possibilities. This, this deals with a lot of mental health issues, telehealth issues, uh, school security. And again, this uh, enhanced review process for those under 21 uh, in, in buying uh, weapons and uh, also the straw purchase loophole, closing that out. So I think there's some important conversations to have. I think there's some good bipartisanship that can be had. Uh, where we can not go to the extremes and have the fake fight and the false choice, I think we're on a path where we can actually have a better conversation. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.